welcome in. Thanks for joining us once again on the Red Rock Sports Podcast. I am Jared All, joined as always by Connor Holzkamp. Hello, hello. And uh, the studio's a little empty so far today. Well, stop me if you heard this before. Yeah, no kidding. Uh-huh. Uh, no Nick Sopers with us today. Uh, he was so, so intimidated by what happened last week, and he knew he was going to get some shit talked to him, that he just, he, he, he had to manufacture Mm. A little sickness, a little illness. It's you tough. Know. It's tough to see. Uh, are we finding in these days that this is just a thing now, that it's so easy to get out of work because nobody wants you to come <laughs> to work sick? Before, they used to encourage, like, well, if you feel like you can still come, you should come. You should come right now. It's, now it's like, well, ah, I don't feel like uh, being hey, here. Hey, don't, don't speak for everybody out there now because that is not the case in a lot of different industries. That is not the case, for instance, in retail. Like, oh, if you so they're at, still urging you back. Oh, absolutely. Like, uh, Even though you're the people interacting with with so human I, beings. So I don't want to mention uh, names or like businesses or whatever, but I do know some people that work at a grocery store, okay, that employees are pressured to not test for COVID if they are sick. That's got to be King Supers. Uh, I, I cannot t- confirm or deny. I told you, I'm not going to confirm any business here, but it is a grocery store, a, a big name grocery store that is around in our area. Okay, uh, just just for me, if it's King Supers, blink with one eye. I, if it's not King Supers, <laughs> blink with both eyes. Hey, I plead the fifth. Captain. The audience doesn't know. I plead the fifth, all right? <laughs> uh, so no, I you know don't speak for everyone here. Some people are still at that. It just kind of depends on your job. Well, and and so I work in in construction management, right? And so it is very easy for me to work from home. In fact, I have found now that I'm back in the office, I was so much more productive at home. I was getting so That's much good. more work done at home because there's no people around. I don't have people coming into my office every half hour distracting That's me, true. ask me to no, do other true. things. So I just would work because I wanted to be done working. So I would just work straight. I wouldn't eat lunch. I wouldn't do anything. And all of a sudden, it's like 2 o'clock and I'm done with so my day. I'm kind of hit and miss when I've worked from home uh, in previous jobs where I was able to work from home. And it's like I'll go one day and get like nothing done. At all. And then the next day, I will get like the same work of two office days done. See, but oh, then, you know? that's the balance. And it all kind of equals out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You get a little more freedom to like, you know what? I'm just going to eat lunch and like. Mondays were a little rough for me. Not going to lie. Mondays <laughs> are a little rough. I was not accomplishing much. But, on but you Mondays. know what I think we're seeing now? I, I have, have you noticed this or is it just me? Is it just me or does it really seem like non-COVID illnesses are like soaring through everybody. Yeah, I mean... I I mean, have you noticed that? Have you noticed that like tons of people are getting sick? Yes, but I think that was always to be expected because what we did through the COVID shutdown was isolate. We didn't expose ourselves to bacteria and infection right, and so all, all those So all things. these things are evolving. Exactly. Out there. And then, and, and then now we don't have the immune bleeding. systems to, to fight See, them. I don't know anything about infectious disease. I'm also I'm just making a, this up. <laughs> yeah, just <laughs> <laughs> off the top of my head because really, I mean, it doesn't like logically make sense that a disease needs to like have host bodies in order to evolve and like oh, survive. There's, there's always a host. Okay. All there, right. There's always a well, disease. Well, enough playing doctor because I mean, none of us have any idea. We, we are the... Uh, Equivalent of the Twitterverse when it comes to healthcare advice. Just yeah, for the record, which is I fact, I think, right? That's <laughs> that's that's what it's been proven. Always fact. <laughs> so yeah. Nick Sobers will not be joining us today. Uh, we are optimistic that uh, over the course of the show here, we may have one Tyler Walgy stopping in to join the show. Mm. Uh, he he was a little preoccupied when we got here today, but uh, 
we'll we'll see. We'll just we'll just have to wait and see if he's available to join us here. Um, but we got a fun show today. Uh, it is the Christmas season. It is Tuesday, December twentieth. This will be our last show recorded before Christmas. Uh, by the way, wow. for those of us who work nine to fives, Monday to Friday, best case scenario having Christmas and New Year's fall on Sundays, okay? Because then you get the Monday off. I get the day after Christmas. I get the day after, well, I actually get the second off uh, this year, but but you get Christmas Eve. Again, you get Christmas Day. I know, I know, I know. This is the standard. (laughs) That's why I said the standard nine to fives, the, the Monday to Friday nine to fives. Most of us are getting obviously Saturday and Sunday off, Christmas Eve, Christmas Day, but then also the day after. That's the key. I don't necessarily need New Year's Eve off. I want a couple of days after New Year's off, some recovery time. It takes me a couple of days anymore to recover from a night of drinking. So definitely nice. Definitely looking forward to a couple of short weeks coming up here. But we also have some fun uh, fun topics here. And actually, I want to start with this right right here, Connor, okay? Um, how do you feel about regifting? Is it appropriate in your mind to re-gift a present that you have received from somebody. And when I say re-gift, you take somebody, something, somebody, something somebody gave you, you turn around and you give it to somebody else instead. Is this appropriate? Uh, definitely in like a, a white elephant situation. Okay, that's for that, sure in a white yes. elephant situation. And I would say yes, as long as you can reasonably say that there is next to... I mean, you can't say anything's impossible. But if there is next to zero chance that this person will ever know... So it's only inappropriate if they find out about it. Correct. It's kind of like... Uh, I forget who it was, but when you know when I'm in my all-important communication school where you learn all sorts of incredibly useful things that I use every day in my life. That's sarcasm, in case you can't catch it. Um, <laughs> you learn actually when the appropriate time to lie is. That was one of the things right also something you learn as a toddler but it's okay uh, right exactly (laughs) uh one of the things that always just stuck in my memory was one of the actual criteria that people have thrown out there that like study this stuff for when it's appropriate to lie one of the criteria is that the person must never be able to find out if there's a chance they can find out then that is an inappropriate Uh, lie we have to backtrack here though this is a terrible thing to teach human beings that it's totally okay to lie as long as they don't find out okay but but listen there was also a stipulation of other things such as it has to do no one no harm like it has to like there's there's like this whole order of things right i'm just saying the one that stuck in my mind was that like nobody that's the one that i like none of us would have guessed okay but i mean if we're being honest within society that's the key of it right you don't want to hurt people's feelings you don't want them but it's like so it's like a white lie right yes it's like if somebody says does this make me look fat right? It's appropriate to say no, that doesn't make you look fat, even if it does make you look fat, right? I mean, now it, it just depends on your relationship with them too, yeah. but, but it's an appropriate lie because that would be something they can never find out you lied about, right? Uh, and it doesn't do anyone harm. There are mirrors, uh, so, you know, okay. I'm just... Anyway, okay, now I'm just kidding. So white you. elephant, white yes. elephant, I say definitely okay. yes. Everything else is a gray area, right? We live in the grays though. Yes. We live in the grays. Here's the thing, all. and I'm just gonna, I'm gonna I'm going to bear my soul for the world here, okay? I don't have a lot of money, okay? So when I am then forced to contribute a 10 to $20 gift into something, I'm like, okay, that's not that big of a deal. But before the end of Christmas, I mean, we're several hundred dollars into these gifts that like, 
Really? Are we giving anything to anybody that they truly want? So what I have done, my wife and I started doing years ago, best advice I could ever give to anyone during the Christmas season, take a box, one of those like big Tupperware bins or whatever, every time you get a gift that you will never, ever use, put it in the bin, okay? And then when all of a sudden, oh, shoot, I forgot about this white elephant Christmas <laughs> gift, boom, go to the bin, find a re-gift item, it, and you put it out. It reminds me, uh, it's a much better version of, uh, do you ever watch The Office? Yeah, of course. It, it, it reminds me of, I think it's the second season where they do a secret Santa that turns into Yankee Swap because Michael buys the yes. iPod, uh, where Creed gives his old sweater to uh to Jim. It's the same logic, but a much better outcome than just digging in your closet and yes. finding an old now, sweater. Now, there are some keys to this. You, you brought up one earlier, and this this definitely applies. You have to remember where you got this gift uh-huh. from. So, right? so write a note on it yes. and put it in the bin. Because okay. I do a, 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 a gift ex- a white elephant gift exchange with my extended family every year. You got to be careful not to take the same gift that you got last year back Very to that true. same exchange, yeah. uh-huh. right? You know, So you got to be careful with that. You, you also got to make sure things stay relevant i got a uh a drone years ago I, it's not really something i was ever into and i'm to the point where, like i can't re-gift this this technology is so old that it would be so obvious i've been sitting on this thing for five years <laughs> that i like, can't it, re-gift it, it, it now because all the drones are way cooler yeah now. exactly it, uh, it's like so so you gotta there, there's some things but this is a key this is how you avoid having crap that you don't need this is also how you then avoid having to spend ten to twenty dollars on a gift for somebody that, let's be honest, you probably don't care that much about. Right. So I, maybe I'm a terrible. No, I, think, I think that's okay. I think I think that was my final my final uh, stance on it. Is white elephant is okay. Uh, everything else, it's kind of not so good yes. because because if somebody see in a white elephant, you're just finding a twenty dollar generic whatever. Okay. But when somebody takes the time to like. Go out there and and uh, you know what? I'm gonna add another thing to this: gift cards. You can re-gift a gift card because totally. a gift card is just thoughtless. It literally, a, and and that's fine. I love gift cards. I, don't get me wrong, but if you're gonna just you know generically go out, get me a twenty dollars Starbucks or whatever, like don't be upset if I take that $20 because what you did was you just made it to where I don't have to go spend $20 on a Starbucks to grandma or whatever, right? Exactly. Um, Exactly. So those are okay. But I think when somebody takes the time to like specifically pick something out for you, right? Even if you hate it, like even if it's something you really don't like, you probably should but try to do... But isn't that like the kind thing to do to like let somebody use it? I am not going to use this thing that you gave well, me. Well, maybe there's like a maybe there's like a time frame. Maybe there's like a certain number of years before like it becomes, uh, you know... Or you know what? If, if anything else, maybe you just give it away to somebody. Like not a re-gift though. Okay. Like that's, that's cheesy. I don't know. Like, I don't know. I'm just saying two birds with one stone. Yeah. Okay. You brought up gift cards. I saw something. This is actually something I pulled from Twitter that I'm definitely doing the next time I give somebody a gift card is... Uh, take a picture of the back of the card that has the numbers on it where you can look up the value of it. Right, right. If it goes a full calendar year and the person you gave it to hasn't used it, well, you got them numbers. Go buy whatever you're going to buy because they're clearly not going to use it. It's sitting in a, a pile somewhere. You see what I, you, you followed me? So uh, you look and see, oh, wow, they didn't use the $50 gift card. I wonder how many dollars of gift cards in the United States are never used. Yeah. That is an interesting question, Jerry. I would say 25% of them. That would be my... Uh, that's my a little high guess. for me, but I, I would guess somewhere around like the 7, 8, 9% yeah, range. that's a lot. Like, that's a, a lot, lot of money, right? I mean... Okay, one yeah. last thing on the gifts here before we move on. I'm going to offend a lot of you listeners out there, but I feel like this needs to be said. We all have enough blankets, 
and enough coffee mugs. Stop giving those as gifts. Mm. Nobody needs them. Mm. Uh, not that it's not a good gift. It's a very thoughtful, very kind gift, very useful. We all have enough. We, we don't need any more. Yeah, now what if the coffee cup, like for instance, we just gave uh, my brother a cof- last year a coffee cup that is like customized with his new dog on it. Okay, personalized. Okay? Like it's a personalized Somebody gave picture. me a lefties mug. I'm a left-handed guy. Right. It's I not just a generic that, mug yes. that I picked up at a gift shop or whatever. It's like a... Like, we actually put thought and effort if you, into this if mug. If you embroider a blanket, it's okay. If it's a personalized mm. mug, it's all right, okay. All right, here we Other go. than that, a generic throw blanket, got plenty of them at the house. I like it. I like it. <laughs> okay. I like it. Okay. All right, we're going to stay with the theme of re-gifting, though, because let's be honest, there's a few moves that have happened in the Denver sports scene recently that, you know, we would like to re-gift upon somebody else. We would like to take the gift that we thought we were getting... And we would like to pass it on to the next uh, team or next person. Uh, we don't want to be stuck with these. So uh, I'm going to give you a few if you have any to add along the way. Hmm. Feel free to chime in, okay? It's bringing a surprise on me here. Uh, the most obvious one. Uh, it's actually a three-parter here. This was a three-part gift. They all three sucked, okay? First and foremost, Nathaniel Hackett. If we could re-gift him, let's just actually <laughs> give him back to the Packers. You can take him back. He'll be your offensive coordinator, quarterbacks coach, whatever you want him to be. We're going to re-gift him, package him up nicely. Hey, look nice- at their offense without Hackett. Clearly, he was the missing piece was, over there. That's apparently right? it. I mean, apparently it. So maybe maybe they'll take him back. We're going to re-gift Nathaniel Hackett back. Uh, I'd also like to re-gift Russell Wilson along with that. Big giant contract. Do we think there are any? Is you that know, two and three. Yeah, that's two and three. Oh, okay. the, the, the Russell Wilson uh-huh. and the contract. That's that's two and three there. Okay. All right. uh, you know, are there any teams out there? Are there a there a San Francisco 49ers or a, or maybe uh, I'm trying to think of who else may be interested in taking this this generous generous offer of a regift mm. from the Broncos? Yeah, it's a, it's, a, it's a good one. It's no no not taken. <laughs> okay. Little bit controversial, but I actually was hoping Soap was going to be here for this because he would give me the pushback. You might just full on agree with me. I'm going to go ahead and still re gift Patrick Sertan. If it means that I can end <laughs> up with Justin Fields, I will re gift the hell out of him. Oh, hey. I have been nothing but consistent on this point that I think that was a terrible draft pick. Uh, not because Patrick Sertan. Patrick Sertan's great. <clears throat> Regift it, give me Excuse number me. nine overall, and let me take Justin Fields when he falls oh, in my no, lap, no, man. No doubt uh, that was a terrible... And see, this is where... Here's something you might differ with me on, okay? If Justin Fields and Mac Jones, right? Those are the two quarterbacks that were available? I think so. Uh, so yeah, we'll go so with that. So if they yeah. flop, right? If they completely flop and they end up not being starter-level material, which obviously Justin Fields is looking like he might not flop, but let's say they do. They flop, fizzle out, they're nothing. Passer Tan turns into a Hall of Fame cornerback. Is that then, was that then still a poor move by the Broncos front See, office? See, but you're, you can't use a very specific scenario where it's obviously that was the right move then. No, see, I would argue that it was still the wrong move. It's still the wrong move because, because here's the thing is, you, nobody, I don't care what your job is, who you are, you cannot be 100% sure on any prospect, but a quarterback, definitely a quarterback. You cannot be 100% sure, right? So I think that that shows a flaw in philosophy that you elected to instead of picking a quarterback, which is what you need. It's the 
most important thing to compete in the NFL for a championship. You have to have the quarterback. Pat Sertan could be a Hall of Famer, best quarterback that ever lived, and it it's not going to move the needle. Okay, okay. Here's what I will say, though. In the Broncos' specific situation where they were, I will agree with you, okay? I will agree with you because this was a bad team that also was desperately in need of a quarterback. If you're talking a very good team, like, say, the San Francisco 49ers, they pass on a quarterback, you know what? That guy ends up becoming a Hall of Famer. I'm not going to sit there and criticize and say that was the bad move. It's even worse. It's even worse because you have a chance to actually compete for You have every other piece filled. Like, Why are you taking a flyer on some... I'm just saying it's it's a guy that will contribute to wins in a team that actually has legitimate hopes still, even with their third freaking quarterback on the year of going and winning a Super Bowl. So I think a team that's so desperate for that quarterback, that leader on your team... I'd say the only exception is if a situation like you said and you know you are just so confident that you can get this guy who is going to be an improvement and upgrade at quarterback in like the second round which sure. like which honestly that is gambling in my opinion yeah like, you go is. look it's at a, all the quarterbacks yeah. first rounders have a much higher success rate but if you really truly like you've done your work and you say this is the guy he is going to be a second round pick and he's going to be better than anybody we could get right here in the first round then you get the whoever, right? But but the Broncos didn't even do that. They just they just receiver, cornerback, receiver. You know, what I mean, like it's uh, it, that was a disaster. But no hate towards Pastor Tan. He's actually my favorite Bronco right now. Seriously, love the guy. Love He's the awesome. guy. It's all about philosophy. That's what it comes down to. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna play soaps right now. Be like, oh no, man, you gotta go get like an edge rusher or a cornerback. Just take best avail. B P A, bro. Well, what's a corner? What is a cornerback? Maybe like fourth on the list of priorities maybe right doesn't matter i think that's still you can't argue fields is a bust okay fields is a bust that's that's my soaps i I like your nick soaps impression (laughs) right okay moving on from the broncos i think there's plenty we can beat them up on things we'd want to re-gift on things that they've done uh gonna go to the rockies another pretty obvious one to me here can we re-gift chris bryant to anyone who will take anything off of our hands just get rid of him get get him off this team re-gift him somebody will take him off your hands give me a low-level prospect and let's move on yeah, yeah, it's interesting. I uh, obviously I was uh, quoted, and I know Nick. Uh, you know what, Nick? I'm going to say it for you since you weren't here. I definitely had said C plus <laughs> on that on that trade, which implies it's not a fail. But uh, obviously, after one year, it it appears to be lower than a C plus grade on that tra- uh, on that sign. Rather, um, no, no one's going to take him. Uh, best we can hope for is that he turns it around. I think he could. I think he could turn it around. He had a tough year with injuries. He's not necessarily a guy that's just been injured his whole career, right? This is kind of a... Uh, I'd argue that. He's had quite a bit of injuries through his career. Yeah, but you know, I mean, uh, I don't know. Uh, let's just... I, I'm going to be optimistic here. Let's, let's hope he, he can turn it around. But it is interesting seeing all these outfielder deals that just got done and the Rockies standing pat, uh, Schmidt saying... You know, well, we're not really looking for a long-term outfield contract because we don't want to block our players we have because we like who we have in the minor leagues. That's fine, but you also just blocked him from <laughs> signing Chris Bryant last year uh, when you could have got one of these other guys this year. To, so whatever. Neither here nor there. Yes, on regifting Chris Bryant, I am all for it. All right, all right. This is the tough one. This is the toughest one of them. Connor, if you had the opportunity, would you regift MP Bay? And that max contract. If you yeah. could get a trade right now of good value, would you make it happen? Oh, if you could get a trade for him? Yeah, if you could trade him right now. 
Yeah, absolutely. What would it take in a trade to, to make you feel like that's good value? Are we um, talking a, a, another max player back type thing, or, see, or are you looking for draft picks? I actually think you might be, be able to trade him. I think you might be able to trade him, Bones Highland, Christian Brown, for somebody of substance. Uh, Is that a good move for the uh, Nuggets, though? I think so. Yeah? Uh, let, let me just give you a scenario here. Let's just say, hypothetically, you could trade those three, Bones Highland, Christian Brown, and MPJ, and you could get back Jimmy Butler. Are you doing that? Because I'm probably doing that. I'm probably doing that. You have a starting lineup of Jimmy Butler, and you got Aaron Gordon in there, and Jimmy Bruce Butler Brown plays what? The two or the three? Th- probably three. Three. He, yeah. So he'd be. He's a little. He's a little bigger than Bruce Brown. He can play a wing. So, uh, yeah. So I mean, y- y- can you imagine that? Jimmy Butler, Jokic, Jamal Murray. I mean, the, Aaron Gordon, Bruce Brown starting. The argument I would make is that makes your your backcourt thin. <laughs> You would not have a lot They're of depth already there. Well, you'd have to uh, you'd have to bring in uh, you know just to make the the numbers work. You'd have sure. to bring in somebody but, from. But the heat. I will counter that by saying nobody's ever won an NBA championship because they had a deep backcourt. Right. Like, that's not what wins you a championship. It's having a star-studded starting lineup. Yeah, I mean, uh, and you know, it, it is tough. I do go back and forth a little on that because the thing that is plaguing the Nuggets right now is how bad the bench is when Jokic comes out of the game. I mean, his plus-minus numbers are even more ridiculous than last year. Like, the, that's what... If you watch Nuggets basketball, this is what happens. Jokic comes in, they build a lead, Jokic comes out, the team catches back up. Rinse and repeat the whole game, and then hopefully we're ahead at the end. And it's been working out a little bit, but... So I go back and forth on that because it's tough to just, like demolish your depth for someone like a Jimmy Butler who's I think 32 uh, but either way back to your point I would if, if you could trade MPJ I would absolutely do it I still think that the Nuggets had to sign him you know they could have waited in a year though they could have waited a year it's almost the same conversation with Russell Wilson but the Nuggets are not in a position to just let a Look, guy like that uh, go uh, here's the thing I'll say for that as we sit here now, December 20th, 2022, it's so obvious they should have waited the year, right? Because then he gets right, hurt early right. in the year. Oh, and then you sign him for cheaper. Yes, you sign him for cheaper. Yeah. But in that moment, they did what they had to do. I think it was the right move then. I still, as I look back on it now, will say it was the right move at that time. It was time. the right move at the time because the Nuggets You were are going not, for it. They you, were going for it. They were, and the Nuggets are not a franchise like the Lakers or even the, you know, the Nets or the Knicks or even the Bulls who can just lure a big-name free agent left and right. You know what I mean? Like, they're not... Which is crazy to me. I mean, I don't... I know that they're not as big of a market, and obviously market size is a big thing for some of these endorsement deals and stuff like that, but but even so, with a chance to play with a superstar like Nikola Jogic, I don't quite get why there's not at least some free agents. Like, big names. Like, stars. Yeah, like I find stars it so strange how much the NBA is different than every other major sport in that way. I mean, they're all that way, right? They're all major sports are that way. The New Yorks, the LAs of the world. Those have are the edge. big markets. They have an edge. But nothing comparatively to NBA. Yeah. It is it is night and day to be go play for a big market versus a small market. Even great teams like the San Antonio Spurs, who were great for decades were never attracted never to those that types, types of guys. Yeah. Nope. You know? Fair enough. Very, very strange the way that so. the NBA works that way. But they're also the one that does the most individual promotion of individual players. Absolutely, yeah. And that's how you make much most more about of the, your money. Yeah, player brands are, are much bigger there. So Okay, uh, I, that's actually all I have because I get to the Avalanche. I got nothing. Sackings oh, made I got a bunch it. of great moves. What do you got? 
I will re-gift all these terrible injuries that the oh, ads have gotten. Okay. Come on now. I mean, I guess. Well, what do you mean? I will re-gift that injury luck. I will take that injury luck. I will package it up, put it on a neat little bow, and I will go give it to the Oakland Raiders. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I know yeah. all of a sudden they're good. Yeah, you know. Oakland Raiders. That's what I would do. Yeah. Uh-huh. Forget the Raiders, man. All right, let's talk a little nuggets while we're waiting for uh, hopefully Tyler to show up here. We'll hold off on that that Bronco talk and, the, and our sports betting talk here before uh, Tyler gets in. Uh, talk little nuggets. You mentioned Jokic, how uh, impactful he is when he's on the court, as if that's news to anyone here. But Connor, have you placed your bet for Jokic to win? MVP number three. Oh yeah, I, I did it at the beginning of the year. Good for you. Yeah. I yeah. still have it. I but, probably but I missed just, the boat. I mean, you know, I, I figured he was going to be right up there. I actually didn't, didn't think he was going to win it or anything. But I, I've th- I've said it before. I always throw a little bit on some of the hometown players that I think might have a chance. You know, so I did. Well, our boy has scored forty points plus in two of the last three games. Also has two triple doubles in the last four games. All of a sudden, that nod for uh, the third MVP is starting to uh, gain some traction for him there. Yeah, how about this last game against the Charlotte Hornets? I mean, I don't want to harp too much on it because I'm sure all you listeners out there have heard this everywhere. I mean, unless you live under a rock, you know that Nikola Jokic just did something that no one has done since Wilt Chamberlain. And the crazy thing is, is that is a wild statement. When you're doing something that... The only, it's Wilt and you. That is something. That is absolutely bonkers. And the thing is, is Jokic does it multiple times. He's done multiple That's things That's typically like that. the, what you always hear, the comparison, it's right? It's right. It's like, Wilt, uh, right? well, no one's done this since Wilt uh, and Jokic. <laughs> so he scored 40 points, 27 rebounds, 11 assists. You know what's crazy about that? Or I'm sorry, 10 assists. So 40, 27, and 10. Uh, and everyone's heard that that... 35, 25, and 10 hasn't been done since Wilt or whatever. Um, what's crazy is Jokic could have scored zero points in that game, and it's still a stat line that no one's done since Wilt. I mean, that's... Because it's the, it's the mixture of the rebounds with the assists. Yeah, yeah like, the, the 27 rebounds is just nuts. Nuts. For a guy like... You've seen players do that when that's like all they do. They're just bodies that stand around the hoop and get rebounds. <sighs> yeah, you don't even that, see that. Not a that, lot, that but often, it happens. Really. Yeah, guys, it does happen yeah. sometimes, you know? Um, you know, something I saw on the Twitterverse out there, some people are like, well, yeah, but you're counting all the bunnies that he misses and gets back himself, right? I went back through just because I'm petty like that <laughs> and I went back you through know. I know I know uh, I went back through on the recorded version of the game and I watched every say I counted he had five five rebounds off of his own miss right but you know what that's still five extra possessions for the nuggets when he misses I mean that's right how is that a negative thing because most guys aren't but getting- uh, let's take those out it's still 22 rebounds it's 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 wild yeah. man um Nikola Jokic, though, <laughs> he really is something. And, and I got something for you that isn't maybe something. Maybe it is, but maybe not something you've heard in the mainstream so far. Stout of the week. Stout of the week. Stout of the week. All right. So you've heard the Wilt numbers, right? And those are crazy. Don't get me wrong. I assumed that's where you were going with Stout of the week. <laughs> so... Just something to keep in mind here. No player, not even Wilt, has ever finished an NBA season with at least 20 points a game, 10 rebounds a game, 
and eight assists a game. Shooting, 60%. Okay. Okay. So 20, 10, and 8, shooting 60%. Jokic, of course, right now is at 25, 11, 9, and he's shooting 62%. I know. We're just so, uh, so just see, about a half uh, assist there shy of the say, right? He's triple averaging. double. Well, in his last 10 games here, he's averaging a 30-point triple double with 15 rebounds about. So, I mean, it's wild. Um, he is 11th in steals per game. He is second in true shooting percentage in the league. He leads in box plus minus, defensive box plus minus, win shares per 48, player efficiency rating. He's third in offensive box plus minus. And what's crazy? His usage rate is only 21st in the league. He does all of that, and yet there is 20 other guys that the ball goes to more in their respective offenses. Now, you've been talking about the usage rate a lot all season long. Now, for those of us not tracking as closely as you are, where are we seeing it, it trend from beginning of the season till now? Are we seeing his usage up, down, or about the same? Uh, it's, gone, it's gone up a little bit for sure, yeah. But, I mean, he's still, um, you know, he's still 21st. Like, he's he's not like some of these guys who, like Giannis or... Yeah. Which, when you're talking... The twenty first best of anything in a, in a league, like you're barely talking. Typically, in most stats, fringe star at that point, right? Like that's not what you would think of as a star player getting twenty first in usage rate. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it, you just go if you go look at it. I mean, whoa. See, this is why. Yeah, this is why. I, this is why you don't have me as producer over here, right? Why we're hey, that's, hey, let's all let's uh, Connor. Maybe you got the button there. Let's all give Connor a round of applause here on yeah, the fly. La- yeah. Last minute, yeah. Connor asked to jump in as the producer right. chair. We throw an iPad in front of him and say, "Work with it, buddy." <laughs> Let me. You know what? I want to give a. I want to give a bonus stat in here. Okay. okay. I'm hey, giving a bonus. You're stat. in charge I'm, of the production the producer, equipment. Here. So Nick can't shut me off. I actually have two ones that I think are really interesting for all you uh, yoke heads out there. Right. And this is pretty wild to me. So box plus minus. That is a stat that tracks per. It's either per 100 or per 75. I think it's per 100 possessions, right? How many points does your team outscore the opponent while you are on the court per 100 possessions? Okay. And so they keep this stat for... You can keep it for a career number, right? Number one in career, all-time in NBA and ABA, right? Before the NBA. Number one all-time in box plus minus, Michael Jordan. He is no surprise. Nine point two one. Uh, box means means per hundred possessions when Michael Jordan is was on the court, he outscored his opponent, his team outscored the opponent's team by nine point two one points. Number two in NBA history, Nikola Jokic. Wow, nine point zero seven points on a box plus minus number three. And I'm just gonna. I'm not gonna. Uh, read all of them, but I want to just read down so you can get a gist of what this list is, right? Number one, Michael Jordan. Number two, Nikola Jokic. Three, LeBron James. Four, Magic Johnson. Five, David Robinson. Then we're going to go Chris Paul, Larry Bird, John Stockton, Kawhi Leonard, Kevin Durant, uh, James Carden, Steph Curry, Julius Irving, Charles Barkley, Anthony Davis, Giannis, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, Tim Duncan, Kevin Garnett, uh, Clyde Drexler. There's a few good players. A few list. good players on there. But Jokic is second. Isn't yeah, that wild? That's a, um, and it's not like, okay, hey, we haven't had a full career to base this off of. But it's not like our sample size is small. No, I mean, he's, he's going to be 28 in February, 
right? Yeah, he's he's getting there. I mean, it, I mean, don't get me. He's got a lot of basketball yeah. in front of him, but but still. So I mean, I just think that's pretty impressive. The other one, I'll just really quickly say to you, it, just to kind of quantify how good he has been from in in his career from the five to ten foot range. Okay, so this is basically just a short range shot, but we're taking out dunks and layups, right? When you look, there's 290 players that have 600 shots or more from the five to 10 foot range. Okay, 249 of them are under 45 percent. Okay, then there's 12 at 45, 14 at 46, so on and so forth. There is four at 49 point something percent. Then Jokic is at 57. Wow, that is how much ahead he is, and that the the shooting percentage from that range. It is something, man. We are watching something special. That's all I can say. He deserves, as of right now, things could change. It's a long season. But right now, this man deserves to be MVP. And did you see the latest straw poll? No. There was a straw poll. The ESPN's first actual official straw poll where they pulled the voting pool. Jokic was fifth. Wow. Fifth. Okay. Uh, still, I mean, it's, it's good. That's good. I, you understand. But that's what we've seen over the last couple of years is he gains traction along the way. Hey, we're was, starting it now. We're starting it now. last year this time. Yeah. Right? We're, we're starting it now. Three-time MVP, Nikola Jokic. My man deserves it. Let, let's make it happen. He has something, man. Let's no. make it happen. Uh, just uh, Do you have something else specific for the Nuggets? Or? Uh, yeah, I had one other thing I wanted to bring up, but if you got something, go. Well, what were you going to bring up? Uh, I wanted to get your thoughts on Christian Brown and whether Christian Brown needs to be playing more. The Nuggets are now 8-0 in games where Christian Brown plays 20 or more minutes. Is this a coincidence? Mm-hmm. Or is this something that we need to... We, we were just talking about that their bench struggles. Okay? Their bench is struggling without Jokic on the floor. Obviously, those are not hand-in-hand. Hand. But Christian Brown coming in their lineup means they're winning games. Should he be playing more? I like Christian Brown playing, uh, definitely. He, I think he he has some work to do. Uh, he needs to just he needs to keep keep growing as a shooter, shooting with confidence, right? Because that second unit really needs shoot they need scores. They need someone to score cuz when Bones isn't popping off, which has happened Sure. A little yeah. bit too frequently yeah. this year. Uh, then they're not moving the ball. They're not the ball's not moving. The ball's not going in. They're not, they're not scoring points. And as Michael Malone said after last game, you got to either be stopping the team from scoring or scoring. When both of those aren't happening, then you have a problem, right? I mean, that's what he said. Boy, who knew? You either got to stop them or you got to <laughs> score, right? Uh, so yes, I, I I do think he needs. I, I do think he needs to play more. I think that eight and zero is a little bit of a small sample size thing going. I mean. Look, the Nuggets are what eighteen and eleven right now. Is that is that what they are? Yeah, um, I'll take your word for it. <laughs> I think they're right there, uh, number two in the West right now. By the way, uh, but with that said, you you think about a team that is eighteen and eleven, like it's not necessarily an aberration to just take any random sample and be like, oh, they're eight and zero during it. Well, they've won a lot of games, so sure. Uh, with that said, I do think I, I would like to see him play more. I would love to see Zeke Naji play a little bit more. The problem is, he's not a true five, and they're playing him at the five. He's what six nine? I think he's six right. nine. Um, he's he's not really equipped to be the center. I think he's much better at the four position. And and right now that's Jeff Green. I was gonna say, what would the solution to that be? He, he'd have to jump past Jeff Green, or is there a way you could get both those guys on the court? No, you'd probably have to jump past Jeff Green, and uh, and I honestly think that they should try. I mean, this is the time of year where you try things. Sure, like in my mind, that's that's my opinion and philosophy. 
try it. Why not? I mean, the Nuggets defensive rating when Zeke Naji plays the fourth, this is via Ryan Blackburn, so credit to him for digging up this stat. But um, when, as of last week, when Zeke Naji plays the four, they had like a 98 defensive rating, which is elite. That is 98 points per 100 possessions. That is, that is elite. When Zeke Naji plays the five, they were at like 133, which is like trash. Right. Absolute trash. And, and for a team that's struggling defensively, Right. I mean, try things. You know, just throw things against the wall. See what sticks, man. Um, I think this Christian Brown discussion goes into the the, the thing I wanted to say about the okay. Nuggets. The larger point is, and this is not rocket science, you guys. I mean, every one of you out there watches these games, understands what's going on. And right now, they're just not getting enough from their bench. They're not. And that is, that's frustrating. That's scary. There are tons of fans out there. Tons of, I'm talking to you listeners. Now you know who you are. A bunch of you out there are quick to just say, well, that's Michael Malone. Michael, I mean, he gets so much hate. Have you ever looked on Twitter how it much hate he gets? It is strange how much hate he gets. He gets so much hate. And, and specifically for like rotation decisions, like people. But there are like people clamoring like, well, Zeke Najee and Christian Brown. And I'm just like, okay, I get it. Like, I also believe they should get some more minutes, right? But are you telling me that Zeke Naji is like the freaking savior to yeah. the Nuggets bench the right now? The catalyst to fix like, the is problem. He, yeah, yeah, is he the, is he the, the everyone's, everyone bow down, Zeke Naji's coming, everything's solved, like fire Malone because he can't see it. Like, what? No. No, that's not the case, Okay. But I mean, the, the reality is, is that a lot of moves were made to bring guys in. Now, some of those guys are being forced. Uh, Bruce Brown, for example, is being forced into the starting lineup because of injuries to Michael Porter Jr. He's been missing a lot of time. This is something that we saw last year. The bench really, really let the team down. But it wasn't on the bench. It was on the starters that were not available where you're now putting bench guys in as starters if a bruce brown is coming off the bench doesn't that change the dynamic a little bit of what this bench looks like it does it it, it definitely does a little bit right like that's going to help that's going to help because then you don't need to play you know you don't need to necessarily play guy but you know what christian brown is is a guy that's directly in competition for playing time with a bruce brown right, right? uh more more so a davon reed he's more of a davon reed type uh, competition but yes to your point it will help when, if, and when, hopefully, fingers crossed. I know you just. Uh, why you put this in the world? This uh, if uh, you know he's been he he was he upgraded to, to to doubtful was, in this last game, right, so it sounds is, like he should be playing probably by the beginning of the year at least. Should yeah, and and so once MPJ comes back, that's going to help getting Bruce on the bench. More importantly, it's going to help that you can stagger MPJ and Jamal Murray at any given time for matchups with that bench, so you can inject some scoring into that. But I'm not sure that's the only solution. And I'm not, quite frankly, I'm not sure the solution's on the roster. Uh, I was just going to ask, do you think they need to make a move? Um, I, I would not be shocked at all if they do make a move. I, th- I think they need to make a move. I would love to see them. So they do have a trade-level exemption, the Nuggets do, right? Because they're against the salary cap. Right. But they are allowed, because of Mon- the Monte Morris contract that they traded, they are allowed this year to trade a- for a player with a $9 million uh, cap hit. Okay. Okay, that's what they can do. And so... If you are, you know, Cal, uh, Calvin, Bo- wow, did I cut out right there? Calvin Booth, did I cut out? Sorry if I cut out. No, out you're good. I'm, I'm hitting the microphone as I talk. You know, it's <laughs> one of these things. Uh, but if I'm if I'm him out there, I'm I'm looking for a nine million dollar player that I think is gonna fit into this. And what I'm looking for is someone who can who can act as a facilitator, 
right? Like I'm I, like not necessarily Jokic, like a uh, Monte but, Morris. No, not as not <laughs> even. No, I'm looking for more of a big. I'm looking for either a wing or a center. Okay, quite yeah, frankly, because DeAndre true. Jordan's not been great. Um, he's had his moments where he's looked okay, and I give credit to him. Like he's a veteran, I think he's respected in that locker room, from what I can tell. But he's not the answer. And I think they really need. They could use a backup center. They could. They could also use a you know a better uh, wing player, right? But somebody who's gonna be able to score a little bit and and facilitate is gonna be key for that bet. And I don't think that's on the roster. I do really don't. they have? Do the Nuggets have the resources either on the roster or in terms of draft picks? To make that happen, I'd have to go look at draft picks because they're they're, head, they're not, short on draft picks. Am I wrong? Uh, I like I said, I would have to go okay. look. Okay. I I don't want to okay. put my a foot discussion in my mouth here. a discussion for another day where we can do a yeah, little well, research. Into well, that. and I think the the trade the discussion will be more prevalent when, come like January. Sure. We'll we'll start hearing some names of people who are available, stuff like that. Do you know the trade deadline off the top of your head? No, but okay. I I do know that it's after the like well after. Okay, the I'll, I'll look that up real quick. In spring next year, I think. And while we're doing that, I'd like to introduce to the show oh, special guest Tyler Walgy joining the show. Yeah. Uh, first of all, did you did you let everyone know it'd be coming back? Yeah. <laughs> okay. So uh, good because I didn't want to. You guys are way too loud. I say this every time. I knew I'd come back to this. <laughs> you guys told me the volumes are fine, the volumes are not. But you know what? That's okay because uh, we can fix some stuff. What's happening, guys? Tyler, I, you can fix I'm going, everything. I, no, we can fix this. I'm going a million miles an hour. So the traffic right now, I left at the very beginning of the show, like around then. Uh, the traffic right now on a Tuesday night is unbelievable. So I was going to go to, because I'm, I'm doing so much. I've been, I don't know if you had said, I've been working all day. I was going to actually join the beginning of the show or be here as early as I could, but I have back-to-back podcasts to do tonight. I was going to go to Good Times. I got diverted, made an audible halfway through because there was a wreck and a bunch of stuff. Went to McDonald's instead. Okay. Uh, had to deal with the two-mile-long McDonald's line. And I was like, well, I can't leave now. By the way, in the parking lot for McDonald's, I saw this lady who I've seen uh, several times lately, like like in a horror movie. She keeps following me around. It's really, really weird. <laughs> or maybe you're just shopping in the same areas. As she <laughs> maybe. Well, I saw her. One of the two is probably true. I saw her at the mall when I was shopping for uh, Christmas presents. I saw her at the grocery store, and I just saw her now in the parking lot leaving McDonald's. I'm like, this is weird. This is what happens in a horror movie before. Are you making eye contact? I this time, yes. It was oh. so but but this time it's because she walked in front of the car. So she was sort of like, Hey, can I go? Oh, that's not by accident. No, she was feeling right. you out. And then you yeah, made eye contact right. with her. Now she knows you're onto her. Yeah, I don't know what's See, going she on. Is, I, it's like what I say to uh my kid about the spider. She is probably significantly more scared of you than you are of her. So. But but you back, <laughs> you back a spider in the corner yeah, right. and that thing gets moving. That's what man. she said. She's like, who is this guy? But anyway, yeah. so I yeah. had McDonald's, crushed it, uh, got some nugs. And She's probably I calling am. the police right now. As I, ha- I have a question, though. I know I totally interrupted this. Just walked down. I'm happy to be here. Merry Christmas, by the way. Yes, Merry now Christmas. Now that I'm, I'm in soap happy seat. Hanukkah. Happy, happy Hanukkah. Happy Hanukkah. Happy Hanukkah. Did you guys see... Uh, Do we miss anything else? No. You Festivus? See happy Festivus? What, Festivus, about, what about Solstice? Yuletide? Huh? Are those yeah. are those things? No. Um, so I, I'm I'm in soap seat. So whenever I'm in soap seat, I have control of the buttons, and on a full stomach, I'm ready to go. Oh yeah. Right. Uh, that's not bad, right? That's a little dubstepy. It's a little weird. Yeah. So he gets a little oh, weird. I thought there. we were going like that. Was like the cups, you know? We yeah. were. <laughs> 
Yeah, so it's a little happy, Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays, Happy Hanukkah, Kwanzaa. What else? Uh, did, what, what did I, I don't know. I, uh, I Festivus. 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 Festivus, of course. I celebrate Festivus regularly. Solstice, maybe? But, uh, yeah, so sorry to, sorry to interrupt that. But I do we have one more thing. Here. I, mean, come I do on. have one thing I'm coming yeah, in we're with. We're all pagans at heart. And I figured Connor, <coughs> Connor would be able to help uh, more than anyone because Connor is my go-to fast food expert. You know how we have like like experts in our lives for things? Connor's my go-to uh, fast food guy. See, see, this is your problem, though, because Connor thinks In-N-Out is like in this on this pedestal above everything well, else, and In-N-Out is just another freaking but, fast but, food But burger. you thought Baker Mayfield was a great quarterback, and I'd still take your <laughs> NFL advice, right? We're all allowed to be wrong sometimes. <laughs> okay, We're touché. allowed to be wrong sometimes. Touché. So, Hey, my man Baker had one good week. He had one good week with the I mean, Rams. look, he may stick with LA. That's, a, that's for a different Yeah, day. I, don't but, uh, I don't know. I don't know. Soaps wisely uh, put his Thrive Fantasy best bets out there uh, on the unders. Mm-hmm. Yeah, those hit. Yeah. Those definitely hit. Um, okay, so uh, Connor. Answer this for me. Every fast food place I go to makes one mistake. Now, it's probably inevitable. It's the only mistake you can make. But the napkins are unusable in these fast food bags. Every place I go, whether it's Chick-fil-A or Taco Bell, McDonald's, every, they all put uh, napkins in there, which I appreciate, right? You, you need some something. Yeah, but wipe it off. they're all so greasy and like disgusting. Are it's we like, talking like the recycled brown napkins? Usually that's what yeah. they are, but no matter what, they're always disgusting. There's never clean napkins in, in fast food. So I always wonder that. I'm like, how much do they waste from people like me never using them and always just throwing that nasty napkin nonsense away? Well, have you noticed most fast food places now ask if you want ketchup they ask if you want hot sauce they don't just throw them in yeah, there. but i don't eat ketchup i don't do ketchup see and now they're saving ketchup packets by yeah. not throwing them in your bag yeah well they're very green like that i don't know yeah. it sounds like a bunch of first world problems to me to be quite honest with you yeah and, and uh my last my last fast food thought because i was just going through a lot of fast food stuff i got dr pepper i'm a dr pepper guy because you know what dr pepper actually tastes like a delicious soda like something sweet that, that you would enjoy occasionally you know what's disgusting uh ally i got her some as well she drinks Coke and Pepsi. I tell you what, that tastes Coke like carbonated chemicals. Yeah. I can't do Coke. I don't get the appeal with Coca-Cola. It's disgusting to me. It's 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 bizarre why that's one of the most popular drinks in America. It's good. It's, it's good stuff. I, I, I just don't get it. Like, like, to me, you're right. It's so overly carbonated. Well, well but, but, but it's all, it is very carbonated, but it's also the, it, to me, it's, it tastes like carbonated chemicals. It tastes very strange. And look, I, you know, Connor's in the majority here because a lot of people drink Coke and, and Pepsi. I just don't get the appeal. I don't understand it. So, so when I drink Coke, I feel like it's just missing like one key ingredient maybe a little upper maybe a little something a little that little uh little little cocaina in there, <laughs> well, you know? so, so have you ever have you ever tried like a like a craft cola soda like a oh, you know don't what I mean? get all fancy with no i'm just here. saying like like somebody that have actually, you ever had one okay. in a glass bottle though okay so <laughs> you know so like what? a like a cola like coke like coke or pepsi or any of these colas uh-huh. it, the the flavor that you're kind of allu- alluding to is really from the cola nut like that is the flavor Would you of stop the, it, and so and so when you taste, if you taste, I'm telling you this because if you taste a okay. non brand name thing, you might change your opinion oh, on cola. Wait, but hold on, I heard McDonald's was supposed to have the best of all cokes. They well, have this deal it's with the coke. Same damn they've thing. Like, it's the same like packet per- that they give to every other. Fast I've heard food they've place. like perfected it like the lines. The same. They've used. I will get a coke same. from McDonald's. I will not get a coke See, from like Burger King. So, so, but but my thing is, Jared, for the coke uh, uh, ex- or for the coke uh, connoisseurs, they say. That of the Cokes, that's one of the best ones. And I just tasted it. 
And I'm here we to need, say we need to do a blind taste right. test on hey, this. This is also why the timestamps exist. There's going to be a, a a clear timestamp for the fast food talk here. But yeah, it's fun to skip around in the episodes if you don't like this stuff. But yeah, that was my fast food contributions. And if you do like Coke, I think you are a weirdo, and I think you are wrong. Can you, you not envision Connor after this last? statement of just like going you know like you could do like a, a wine tasting or like a whiskey tasting <laughs> he's going to a, a soda place Ooh. and doing like soda tasting you did, nope you just came up with the best idea without even trying <laughs> one of these weeks we're gonna do a blind taste test and see if he can pick out regular bottled coke bottled coke from uh or uh, excuse me regular bottled coke mexican bottled coke McDonald's Coke, and we'll go like a Taco Bell or like a Wendy's Coke just so to let, mix let, it up. Can I, before we get off this, he I claims just, to I gotta be... say, no, I gotta say one thing on this point, okay? So, uh, it, it's funny, it's this, two times I'm uh, bringing up a lesson I learned in college now. Uh, one of the things that hey, stuck with me... at least you learned something. Yeah, right? One, oh, one of the things that stuck with me in a I don't want to know class, what those two lessons were. One of my, one of my favorite... <laughs> No, stop it. You stop it. Get out of here, Tyler. <laughs> Don't pay too much uh, for uh, I think uh, we have Marley tickets. to explain uh, <laughs> one, one of the lessons okay, learned. I don't even know where you're going with this. I don't even think I want to. Uh, let me just say, one of the things that actually... Stu- one of the most uh, impactful, impactful college yes. uh, lessons that I learned in a, in a you know, lecture hall was in a marketing class, the teacher brought or professor brought all different kinds, like you're saying, of cola. Right, Coke, Pepsi, store brand, Diet Coke, Coke Zero, like mm. Diet, whatever. Seriously, mm. like like fifteen different Expert. types of Coke. Okay? Yeah, yeah, real Johnny Law. And so here's what's interesting: everybody in the class, well, I'm, I'm captivated. Uh, like I'm not gonna say everybody, but a huge percentage, a very large majority of people who drank soda that claim that they have a favorite one of those types. Almost everybody to a T said, "Oh well, yeah, I could pick out Coke against whatever." Right. Now, here's the interesting thing. All right, let's get to it, You're losing me. Two colas side by side was pretty accurate. People were accurate. When you start putting three, four, five different colas, not a single person at all could could remotely with any... I mean, not even like a correlation at okay, all. Okay, hold, hold that, that, that's a long way to say that five's too many, which I, I, I could agree with that. Let's give them two. No, no, it's a long-winded way to say... It all sucks. <laughs> None of it's good. None so we'll of it's give you good. Three. It's a long way, three. way to say Connor. that really at the end of the day, even if I think Coke is my favorite, branding is so much more impactful oh, yeah. than any actual flavor that I perceive. That's my point. Oh, all right. Well, so there anyways, you go. There we go. I, I don't we, know we, what we, I interrupted. No, we'll, know. we'll, we'll, we'll just bring it back so. by saying that the NBA trade deadline is Thursday, February 9th. Mm-hmm. All right. Oh, so, that's you looked it up. Yeah, I looked it up. It only took that So we'll talk some trades come like January, right? Um I, I think we we're at the end of it. We were at the end of our nuggets, pretty much. I, I mean, I was just, uh, you know, it's obviously cool. a problem with this defense right now, or not the defense. Well, the defense too. That is yeah, another problem. But too. but the bench right now is is really not giving it. Uh, it. Bones Highland, love the guy. I really do. Big fan of Bones Highland. But he is being asked to do a lot, and he's quite frankly not doing it very well. He is when he is not scoring. I mean, he's looking for a shot. He's kind of like a isolation dribble handoff type of player right and it's it's you know run a screen dribble around hand the ball off dribble try to find his shot and if he's not finding a shot he's not making shots the ball kind of stops and that's not really nuggets basketball that's not what they're trying to do um and, and it's a problem so well hopefully have you, how many nugs games you've been to this year a couple i've been to a couple yeah um i'm having a hard time finding the real good uh like 20 $25 first level seats like I did last year. 
they're not there this year for some reason. At least on StubHub, it's that ball arena taking. I don't over. know what it is. Yeah, they're they're trying to hike People up going their to prices. Nose games. And I saw the ads. I'm still are, blaming uh, COVID for every time things prices are up. Yeah, it's still <laughs> must COVID. Be COVID related. <laughs> uh, <laughs> must be COVID. I saw the ads too. Abs are fourth uh, in attendance in the NHL right now. Uh, Very good. Yeah, yeah. people well, are showing up. Well, we'll, uh, we'll say a big game tonight too. So hopefully, big game. Nuggets played Memphis. The winner will actually have possession of first place in the West. So things are not all doom and gloom. Things are looking good for the Nuggets. Like you said, still Our second MV, in the West. It, it, and, you know, it's a... Uh you know, still early in the it's a, it's a big sample size. It's significant, but it is not like nothing. It's not like it's uh, the season's over. Plenty of season to go. Our boy Jokic looking great. Things are looking good for the Nuggets overall. Jokic, okay, so. Nikola Jokic. Tyler, yeah. did you come prepared with your Thrive Fantasy Best Bet of the Week, or do we want to? Oh, dude, let me do what I always you. do. Just pull it you real just, quick. Just pull it on the fly. Let me just whip well, Tyler, off. I will say, my man. You had a big one last week. You had a good, good week. You were on the unders. You took four unders. And you went, let's see, four and oh, my friend. Oh, maybe wow. that's Jamal goes. Williams, under one and a half touchdowns, hits. Justin Field, under a half rushing touchdown, hits. Keenan Allen, under a half touchdown, hits. Brian Robinson, under one and a half touchdowns, hits. That puts you at 11 and five yeah. on the year, 68.75%. Well, you know, you're looking strong. So those are all uh, touchdown bets. Yes. And I love the the toady contest. So, so Thrive Fantasy has touchdowns only contests, which I think are so much fun. They've got a Saturday touchdowns only one, 555 entries. So that's the cool thing about Thrive. How many times do you see DraftKings? It's like 10,000 entries, you know, something like that. 500 people are getting in this thing. And uh, I mean, you know, these kind of contests. So is there a uh, $10,000 prize pool? They're giving away, let's see here, 2000 to first, 1000 to second, 500 to third, $20 entry, right? So that's what I'm going to go with this week as well. My Saturday touchdowns only, toddies only, as the kids say, contest. So what's my overall record with you guys now? You are 11 and 5. Oh, okay. Hey, oh. That's uh, yeah. that's winning, as that's, I say. It's winning, uh, Six, 60, almost 69%. What's Connor? Am I ahead of Connor now? Uh, no, Connor is basically running away with this competition. He is at 83%. Can I catch him? Uh, yeah. A couple losses in you there. Gotta throw, you got to throw some some more bets out there. Connor's 10-2 and two on the season. And just for a quick synopsis, I am sitting at, it's basically, as, as we're sitting, end of year, for those who haven't been following us, at the end of the calendar year, 2022, which means... Next week's episode will be our last okay, one. So I got to get a couple. Whoever wins, is at the lowest, the lowest winning percentage, will end up having to do the chip challenge, eating what is said to be the hottest chip. Right, I'm fine with that. But keep in mind here, I don't, I don't, I hardly bet the NFL. I, you know, so I'm the, this isn't really my territory. You give me some hockey bets. We're talking a different story here. But oh yeah, this is just fun. just just clean the floor with us and then tell us how you're <laughs> not is, good at this it. This is okay. what the people want, you know. The, okay. the, the football. Are bets. you ready for your better? Do we want to go around the horn and come back to you? No, let's let's go. I'm okay, ready. what you got? What to you me, got? This, uh, I'll, I'll give out two. So I'll give out one to start, and then let me come back around and give out one to finish. Okay, okay. We're going Alvin Kamara under one and a half total touchdowns. Now this one's going to pay a little bit less. The way these contests work is they pay points. So if you take the over, you get a certain amount of points. You take the under, you also get a certain amount of points. But I think this one is worth it. Take a little bit less. Alvin Kamara, under one and a half total touchdowns. All right. Uh, that's against, uh, they're at Cleveland. All right. Connor, what you got for this week, my friend? Uh, do, I, do you want me to give one or you want me to give two? You give as many as you want. I, I actually want you have to give five. three this week. <laughs> I have I have right. three. I thought, I, hey, everyone else is surpassing <laughs> me here because they're throwing all these extra bets out now. So I got three. Connor, you give as, as many as you feel comfortable. You are in the pole position right now. Okay. So you can only you know hurt yourself, basically. Mm-hmm. 
That's true. You know what? That's very true. When you put it like that, I'm just going to give myself Or help one. yourself because you might throw out one loser and, and the one you didn't put out would have been the winner. Right. A little Christmas music in the background. All right. I'm going to go with one pick. I'm going to go Najee Harris okay. less than 1.5 total rushing touchdowns plus receiving touchdowns. Okay. Uh, I actually have that as one of my bets as oh, well. The wow. under Najee Harris. My man has not scored two touchdowns in any game this Connor, year. Do you really think he had that also, or do you think he's doing a strategy to where. I see what he's doing. Uh-huh. He showed me his computer right yeah. now. I don't know if I no, buy I it. I see what he's doing. <laughs> we'll zoom. No, oh, I, I can't. see it right there. Oh, goodness. It's right there. He's making things up. Yeah. Uh huh. <laughs> All right. You only got the one? That's it. All right. Good. Connor's throwing the one. He is confident. All right. So I, I have Najee Harris as well. Under one and a half rushing and receiving touchdowns. Uh, I'm going to take a couple of overs to go along with that, okay? Uh, the first one, I believe, is the Thursday night game, Jacksonville. Uh, Zay Jones. Zay Jones has been busy the last couple weeks. He's had a couple of big weeks. I'm taking over 44 and a half receiving yards for Zay Jones. I'm also going to take Jamar Chase over six and a half receptions on the game. Okay, so my yeah, I like three. That. He's been getting a lot of looks. Yeah, Zay yeah. Jones over 44 and a half. Jamar Chase over six and a half receptions. Najee Harris under one and a half total touchdowns. All right, my last one I'm giving out uh, Deontay Johnson, receiver for Pittsburgh. Uh, same contest earlier, touchdowns only. Uh, under one, uh, under a half uh, receiving touchdown. Okay. So uh, Deontay Johnson under a half for uh, Pittsburgh. They okay. host Las Vegas uh, Saturday night football. You've been Saturday, on them so. unders lately. Let's see if it keeps paying off for you. I have been. All right. Lots and of good bets we threw out there for you guys. If you want to get in on any of these bets, find yourself a contest on Thrive Fantasy. It's really easy. You download the app Thrive Fantasy or go online thrivefantasy.com and make sure when you sign up, you use our promo code RED. That's R-E-D as in Red Rock Sports. If you use that promo code RED, they will match up to $100 on your first deposit. Easy money in your bank. Good for us. Good for you. Go win some money on Thrive Fantasy. Boom. All right, guys. Before we wrap up, we got to talk some Broncos. They're good again. Do we have to talk about the Broncos? Absolutely. Come on. Back-to-back weeks, over 24 points. We're back. Over over 24. Over 24 <laughs> points. This is Let's worth voting these days. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but uh, apparently not many fans were uh, uh, in attendance for watching this game. No, it was empty. Um, this is according Let to- Let me tell you what. CU buffs, right? I've had season tickets for years. So has Jared. When CU was 0-5 this year, and keep in mind, the, the seasons are a lot shorter. 12-game seasons. The stadium's a lot smaller. Uh, uh, a lot smaller, for sure. Yeah, a lot smaller. Yeah, but uh, when they were 0-5, coming back, well, 55,000. I was going to say, it's not that, right, much it's not that much smaller. It's like 80 let, to 55, right, let, let, Let's put numbers 60, out there. Yeah, I mean, 80 like to 55, yeah. So, Boulder's a smaller CU <laughs> had 100% attendance when they played, when they played Cal. And they were 0-5 coming back home. They improved to 1-5 after that game with a full house. And I don't look at it. How many Cal fans? Not. Not actually that yeah. many at all. For one, because they weren't that good themselves. And two, Cal's one of the worst traveling Pac-12 yeah. teams. They don't bring fans. Nobody cares about football in Cal. Well, I mean, when Jared Goff was there and they had that amazing season, put up you know, 450, 500 yards a game, uh, I remember I, they played in Colorado that year. It was like the same thing. No one came. But either way, I just think that they don't have a huge amount of graduates in Colorado either. But but either way, 
Connor, people showed up for that game. It was packed. Yeah. And yeah. I don't think we should necessarily look at the the amount of people. I think you look at percentage, right? Was it a sellout? Well, and was here's some figures for you. This is according to Mike Kliss, who put this out on Twitter. Uh, total tickets sold, 75,179 tickets sold. Attendance at the game, 56,756, which means there were no shows of 18,000 423 good for just under 25 percent of the tickets sold in that game yeah Uh, 24 percent of season ticket holders decided they had better things to do with their Connor Arizona is is nonsense they're bad Cliff's gonna get fired I mean right now Cliff is probably gonna get fired before Hackett like they're uh, they're 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 a disaster so are we really gonna sit here and act like this is see I'm more just curious Connor you are a season ticket holder yourself no, there's no way he was there. Were you? At he was game? part of the negative I, in the stat. I did, I did not have my tickets for this game. They were actually get. You know what? They were actually given. Let's to, uh, hear it. Here we go. No, I'll tell you. They were actually uh, producer Nick had the tickets, and he gave them to his uh, uh, a family member for a va- uh, for an anniversary present. And they ended up not being able to go. So no, he regifted the gift. It did. Uh, he regifted <laughs> it. You missed a segment earlier. We need a segment uh, on regifting. Although it's not a gift. Please tell me you guys regifted Hackett. Back to a oh, great yeah. guy. Yeah. yeah. Okay, good. That's exactly uh, what exactly I did. That, that, was, that was the first regift. Yeah. Nick, had, uh, Nick actually splits with another guy. With uh, We split the season tickets. Nick pays okay, for like, it. Okay, we get it. So Nick did it. But him. Nick gave it and it was used. My parents, who have season tickets right in front, they ended up not going and selling their tickets. Forget this. $18. They sold wow. their tickets for eight. Dude, Lower these are, level. No, these are sixth level tickets that six they, row. Six they saw, row. Uh, we sold the Kansas City Chiefs game for three hundred bucks, oh, and no. and this game eighteen dollars, bro. It is an all time low. I cannot remember a game like this yeah. in my life. Yeah. I really can't. I cannot remember a game where there were so many no shows. Well, those who didn't show up actually missed a good game. It seems like yeah, against all odds, <laughs> this offensive staff might actually be figuring things out is this is this something that like do we feel like things are actually moving in the right direction or is this just a bad team that no, the Broncos they played a against? terrible team what about the chiefs the chiefs aren't a terrible team they're not a terrible team no uh, but it was a bad situational spot their defense never plays great in denver the line one of the best bets from sharps who bet the nfl was was denver plus eight and a half that week like everyone who makes money i actually jumped on a little bit because someone smart gave it to me like i said earlier i'm not a huge nfl better like why would i be doing that when i can bet the same amount on nhl and expect more back so um it's fun to talk to people who really do a lot about that and, and everyone was on denver that week so I think it's important to look at situational spots. This is the NFL. Teams are up and down every week. And Jared, I'm not here. I, look, I'm not on this show often. I fill in when one of you guys are gone. But I, I don't want I, I don't want to be like negative coming in and, and sitting here for soaps. But I feel like that's the reality. We shouldn't be super excited right now. But do you remember when I did fill, fill in a month or so ago and I said the Broncos should win so the Seahawks have a worse pick? Yeah. I've actually changed my mind with that. Okay. Good. Here's why. Good. Broncos still have plenty of other picks in the draft. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So well, I, the more, yeah, I, you said that. I, but I also, was there is a certain there. level you don't like giving away the, the top yeah, three yeah, picks. Connor, it I just, was emotional. It was a long day. <laughs> I was pissed. All right, fair enough. Because you yeah. know that's all you're going to hear on draft days. Like, oh, the Seahawks pick it with the number two overall pick. I know. Give I was it to just, the by the Broncos. I was just pissed. Seattle had just like won three in a row. That you know yeah. at that point in the season, Gino, me, Gino yeah, was like Seattle also sucks again, right? So I was like, God. So I was low. Yeah. Let me give you another reason too. So this is what I have to say all you fans out there like well they need to win so we don't give the Seahawks right one Walji just said it 
uh, the Broncos have all sorts of other picks that we want a better draft position for. Two, is there a chance that if you win out, you trick yourself into trying to keep Nathaniel Hackett and getting rid of everybody oh, else? Oh, I don't think I'm it saying, takes. There, I don't think it takes winning out. Is I there think a universe Nathaniel where Hackett, that happens? If Nathaniel okay. Hackett wins one more game, that discussion starts. I, I know you we don't have. So. I Look, absolutely, especially if they keep putting up twenty-four points a game or more. You think I know so? we don't have okay. long left, but I want to put this out there: a little thirty-second rant, if I can. I want to play devil's advocate. Nathaniel Hackett has never done this before. He's never, he didn't even call plays in Green Bay. He gets to Denver, he's taken on responsibilities unlike anything he's ever seen in his life. And there are a lot of people who have very respectable positions in the media, not me, like people who, well, of course, but like, like people who interview these people who, who are in the locker room, who have reasons to say what they say. Uh, Mike Kliss is one of them. Uh, so, some ex-player on 104.3 the other day said this, that the Broncos were clearly trying to get Aaron Rodgers. And at that point in the season, if you rewind, because we all do this weird mental gymnastics where it's like, wait, when did that happen? When The timeline is Aaron Rodgers was on Bovada.com, minus 250 to come to the Denver Broncos. Everyone thought it was going to happen, including people betting on this stuff. And that's when the Broncos got It was got even hacking. reported by some as a done deal. It was reported by uh, Schlereth. It's yes, a done Schlereth. deal. And it was, so this had such traction. I, that is why a lot of people think Hackett was brought here. He was not the, the right guy for the job. He was here for Aaron Rodgers in a lot of other people's opinions. So now that he was thrust into this situation, had a quarterback, a complete 180. For, well, actually, not 180 because he kind of scrambles and has that game and it maybe yeah, should have a little bit better. I would actually compare their style. I don't want to give him a break yeah. there, but my, my, my devil's advocate says he was in over his head. And so now he's had a whole season. We're seeing a very different team. So you give me a motivated team at the beginning of the season with a healthy Russ, healthy team, a complete offseason to say, okay, what the hell went wrong? How can we fix the offense? Maybe they do give him a second year, and maybe I'm not going to be so pissed off about it. Okay, without playing devil's advocate, Tyler. Yes, yes. Should Hackett be here next year? Depends what the other options are. If it is Sean Payton and we can somehow trade something for Sean Payton to New Orleans, let's get Sean Payton here. If it's going to be some up-and-comer, young, brand-new offensive coordinator from the fill-in-the-blank, then no. They keep Hackett. Like, I, so you would I, take I Hackett it, over see, another yeah, first time? Yeah, see, I, I, I would rather see the yeah, other up-and-comer because I'll no. take the devil I don't know versus the devil I know isn't a very good coach. Okay, but here's he the may thing. not here's be awful and terrible, but he's not a great coach. I've come that to I'm a, I've come to a what I think is a realization. I see it as a very real thing in the NFL and college football. When you're a coach that knows how to win – it's 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 such a weird separation from coaches that don't. And I know that this sounds like elementary and a lot of people are going, what are you talking about? But once you know how to put a staff together, what a what a good what a, what a game sounds like, like what a winning game plan sounds like, like how to control things during the game, how to handle situations uh, in the game and outside the game. When you know how to do it, like I look at a coach like in college football, if you're a college football fan, maybe maybe, maybe like a, a Gary Patterson for TCU, who just got fired last year, defense coordinator, Texas. This is a coach that I don't care where he goes. He knows how to win, right? And I'm trying to think of an NFL example right now. They get tossed around so much, you really can't see it play out the same. But I think Sean Payton's a good example because you put Sean Payton in the same situation, and I think he handles things so differently. And I know that... It's sort of like the that's like the 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 magical champagne. You're never going to get him. But I think if you get another young up and comer, we have to be okay saying 
okay, we're going to get a young coach, but we may have a rough season again next year while he learns the See, ropes. I think the difference, though, is the mistake that was made by the Broncos and by Hackett in building this staff is he brought zero guys with a lot of experience. He didn't have that veteran coach in the room that could help guide him through that process, that could help do that. His offensive coordinator had never been an offensive coordinator. Defensive coordinator had never been a defensive coordinator. It was a bunch of guys that were not necessarily ready for those roles. Okay, if but, you but bring in don't a you... really experienced coordinator along with the head coach, but don't like that, you, I'm good with that. Don't you put that on the, in, in the box, in the category of an experienced first-time head coach, right? So I think this offseason, he cleans house. He gets a new offense, new DC. He goes, oh, wow. Part of the issue was I didn't have the people around me. So look, maybe I'm putting too much faith in Hackett, but yeah, what's up, Connor? Let, let me put you on the spot here for just a second, okay? Let's do it. Put me on so the spot. You are a professional better by trade. By trade, and so I'm by, put you by on trade, by choice. Bit. I know, my, body, my choice. <laughs> I know, I know that your process for handicapping, ha- handicapping a game, is the furthest thing from just like me asking you a question and you just like giving your thoughts on it. I know that, yeah. right? But with that said, I'm going to still ask you something, Shoot. right? From someone who has more perspective than maybe a lot of us. Yes. If you were to look at this Broncos team this season, this year, okay, and you say the injuries were independent of a coach, okay. How many games is the best coach that you can possibly f- like fathom that the Broncos could have gotten? Like, let's just say is Sean Payton a reasonable like best okay. coach? I know where you're going with this. Can, How many can games I stop you for a second? Uh, does it really make? Does it really, truly, actually make? This is this a year? paradoxical question, as they say, and here's why: We are all assuming that the ge- that the season as we see it now would be as we see it now in in other realities or other scenarios. And here's the difference. If the Broncos, even under Nathaniel Hackett, find a way to win one of those first three games they lost by like three or four points, things change. I know. There there is a butterfly effect in not only the momentum of the team, the feeling in the locker room. I mean, let's say the Broncos win that game in Seattle, which they should have won. They win the... How many close losses did they have to start the season? Now everyone's saying the op- it's literally a 180 of wow this Hackett yeah, I mean, knows the how Colts, to win the close games holds the Chargers the so Ravens, so that's not a fair the... question to ask just like when, when you're breaking down just like when you're breaking down a game and you go if they only would have made that field goal would have turned everything around in the second okay, quarter but in no, general really, in general what do you think a worse coach on any NFL team I to think the best it, coach look, how many general games I mean every time I'm me. honest with this stuff people go oh, you're crazy when, when, when the honest answer is let's say we had Sean Payton here from the get go when he got hired I'm gonna say when Hackett got I'm going to say it's a couple. I know that's where you're going with this. Let's say Sean Payton got hired when Hackett got hired. Uh-huh. I think in some scenarios, because that's what you do, you pray, you play it out so you say, this amount of the time they'd win it, this amount of the time they wouldn't. Right, right, right. I think that it's plausible that in 15 to 20% of the outcomes, the Broncos would uh, be competing for the AFC with, with 12 wins. You think that is? You think that the coach because makes here's that the thing. much of a difference? I do because here's I'm just the playing thing. devil's advocate a little bit. No, no, no. I think people tend to overstate the importance of a coach I, I, a but, little bit. I, but I, I do. But here's why: if Sean Payton changes the entire offense to perfectly fit what Russ does, I think there's one thing that everyone can agree on this year: what they were doing on offense and what Russ does well did not mix. Right? And is that Hackett or is it Russ? 
It's a thousand percent well, Hackett. I, Don't start this isn't Hackett no, or so isn't I Russ. Agree, so Russ I agree. is not in charge of that. His whole career, he's never done that. He's always had OCs do exactly what they say. We're going to run a system similar to what Russ does. Now, he has the things he likes, but that's on the coach, Connor. Okay, but well, Tyler, well, okay, listen, I actually well, agree with you. That McDonald's is really worked up. So I do agree with you for the yeah, record. I agree with you that, that it's Pepper. Hackett. But I would, say, I would say that there's an argument to be made. Uh, all right, let, give me this last thought, and then I'll and then I'll wrap up what I'm going to say here. Okay. So, uh, I would agree with you. Tend to agree. It is on Hackett, okay? But this is why, because there is an argument to be made that Russ wanted out of Pete Carroll's offense because he wanted to play quarterback a certain way. He thought he could be a different type of quarterback that could maybe maybe improve the length of his career. Well, that's where you're wrong. But, he didn't want so, out of the offense because of that. He wanted out of the offense because they wouldn't pay him what he thought he was worth on the open well, market. Well, okay. That, that could be the case, right? But there there is there is reports that he was butting heads with Pete Carroll because Pete Carroll wanted him to run these play action, these boots, and he wanted to stay in the pocket. If they gave him the contract the Broncos did, I think he would have been fine there running those play so, action. No, but so there is an argument to be made that there and there are beat writers, people who are much more connected than any of us who have put out there that Russell Wilson is the one that is trying to steer the offense and doing the things. So you know what a good no, no, so stop. After week eight, he is. Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. You gotta let me finish. You gotta let me finish. Okay, okay. Even if that is true, even if if the reports are true, then I still say it's Hackett because you need to have a coach. Who is strong enough? If that is true, for all you out there that say it's Russell Wilson steering the ship, then it's still Hackett's fault. Yeah. Because the ball stops with you. You are responsible to being a strong enough leader of a team to say, yeah, nope, <laughs> you're not going to do that. That's, we're going to do what you do well. Honor, if that's true, that. that makes me feel even more confident than ever that Hackett is not the guy. If you let your quarterback to pick, if a great coach comes in there in that situation, he looks at him, he says, no. This is what, I mean, shoot, Gary Kubiak made Peyton Manning back down and get under center, right? right? right. I mean, right. like yeah. it or not, that's yeah. what you saw in that last year. Kubiak did what he felt was best for that team. He benched Peyton Manning. He did those things because because he understood what needed to happen. I'm not saying those were right or wrong decisions, but that's what a strong-willed coach does. Right. I know we right. got a, a no. stop time. We got to get out of here soon, but I wanted to ask what the, 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 the uh, round of the table. Go ahead, Con. I have go one ahead. area of grievance before we get okay. out of here for okay. Festivus. So, okay. yeah, you ask your question. Okay, real quick. Go. So, I kind of started the question. We didn't ask it, or we didn't really get around on it, but I said I think one more win keeps Hackett's job. Do you guys think there's anything that could be done between now and the end of the year to change it one way or the other, whether Hackett stays or goes? Does it matter what he does the rest of this nope. year? Nope. 18,400 whatever no-shows has sealed Hackett's fate. Okay. I think that whatever the end decision is, the minds are already made up. Okay. Of, of the people So you guys think it's a done deal. I mm-hmm. think another win gets him his job. Okay, let's hear the airing of grievance. Yeah, so for those Tyler who don't here. know, this is a Festivus tradition. Festivus is on the 23rd. It's a Seinfeld tradition. And I have one airing of grievance, which, which is, of course, a tradition within the holiday Festivus. I got a lot of problems with you people. <laughs> now you're going to hear about it. All right, so my one area of grievance has to go with the Avs. All right, you guys know I love watching, watching hockey, watching my Avs. And... I think there are being way, way too many excuses made for the injuries. Do you know what would happen if the Broncos were in contention for the AFC West and now everyone's saying injuries, injuries, injuries? Broncos fans would have none of it. Same thing, honestly, with CU fans, Nuggets fans. Last year, when when uh, 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 MPJ and Gary Harris were out, like, what was the narrative? Like, I think it was a lot of 
Um, well, the Nuggets don't have a championship window right now, and, and Jokic is doing everything, and that's why he won an MVP. Right. Avs fans are like, you know what? We're injured. We're, we're we're are we in the playoff picture? Barely. You know what? No big deal though. And it's not that they don't care. We're fourth in attendance, like I said. So I think everyone's just being soft on the Avs. So here's the thing: Avs right now. I don't know if you guys realize this. They've scored the second fewest goals in the entire league. Wow. Did you guys realize that? No, this? I did not. They are not putting the puck in the net, and that's what they did so well at home. Off the top of my head, and this is pure top of my head, they're like four and a half goals at home last year. They have completely gone to the toilet, and it's because we're not getting the backup goals that were expected from, I mean, everyone who we've talked about on this show, right? Like uh, uh, Newhook, uh, Rodriguez, some of these defenders, and even Kale McCarr and Nate McKinnon, they're not producing. So here's the thing. I know McKinnon's hurt right now, but Nate McKinnon has eight goals in 120 shots. He needs to be scoring about three times more than that to keep up with like what a league average is. Kale McCarr, 7.1% shooting percentage. That's bad. I mean, hell, JT Comfer and Devon Taves have combined for six goals on 104 shots. This offense needs to start producing. The shots aren't there. The quality's not there. They're just chucking and hoping things go their way. And the Avs have played a relatively easy schedule. 22nd overall, uh, according to uh, teamrankings.com. So... I'm not happy right now with the way Jared Bender's running this offense, with his line movements, with what he's doing. I know the abs are hurt, but these stats say we're getting a lot of opportunities. They're just not cashing on them. So there's a lot of blame to go around for this. And I know it's like, here's here's what you may people may say if they're like in defense, like devil's advocate, right? Is And I know we got to wrap up, but like they would say, Maybe these Avs players are having to do too much for themselves, create for themselves. They're not getting as good of shot opportunities because high danger shots go in far more than just, you know, chucking and praying. But a player like Nathan McKinnon to score eight goals on 120 shots would put him at so far below his all-time average. It's it's laughable. So at some point, these players have to take some kind of responsibility. And I don't want to hear because you look at Edmonton with... Uh, 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 Leon Dreisaitl and Connor McDavid. You're, how much help are they getting? You're, yeah, yeah. Nugent Hopkins is doing a lot on the second line. It's like, who are we really talking about helping them? They lead the league every year in points, goals, assists with a great shot percentage. That's what it's about. It's not how many goals you have. What's your shooting percent, percentage? That's where the Avs are absolutely horrible this year so all right everyone go home and stew on that one tyler just taking us out on a down <laughs> yeah, exactly. here. Rock. coming in hot and leaving us let's go nuggets course. tonight baby yeah, yeah. Nuggets. Nuggets. let's go nuggets. hey and how about some some christmas day broncos nothing like what the nfl thought when they when they planned out broncos rams two four and ten teams for your afternoon <laughs> battle day, for the right? fifth win yeah buddy uh-huh. All right, guys. Thanks for stopping in. Make sure you check us out each and every week. We record on Tuesdays, drop our shows on Wednesdays. You can also find us on Twitter at Red Rock Sports One. For Connor, Tyler, you only get half credit for showing up today, but we appreciate it anyways. Happy holidays. Enjoy. Be safe. Don't do anything I wouldn't do.